Hello, Samantha. Hello, Leroy. How are you doing? I am currently on a sailboat in the west of France, and I could not be happier. I took meetings from the cabin. I'm here doing this LinkedIn live from the cabin. I'm like, you know. Whoa. I know. Tech technology. Changing the name of working remotely. Yeah. Technology <laughs> these days and remote work these days. <laughs> Thank goodness for the good French SIM cards. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> and the cheap data. Honestly, game changer. Um I was just telling everyone that my building fire alarm has been going off for the last 15 minutes. So I've been jumping around my apartment looking for the quietest place to speak. Uh, oh, no. Are you supposed to leave when the fire alarm goes off? <laughs> no, it's like, no, you don't do that anymore these days. You, uh, it goes off so often that you just, you just don't. Nice. It's like Russian roulette. You're like, maybe I'll burn, maybe I won't. We're going to find out. Yeah. Basically, I just try and sniff really hard to see if uh, I smell smoke. <laughs> and then I look outside and see if everything's good. And then I go back in. <laughs> I mean, that's great. But I mean, don't they say if you start smelling things like burnt toast, it means you're having a stroke? So, that's, like, that's you got to, there's, there's just a lot to be aware of, I think, in these situations. That's, that's exactly why I go outside because I need to smell it and see it. <laughs> mm, fair, fair. Yeah. Fair enough. That's good. Good approach. Um, all right. It sounds like it's, it's off. Okay. Um, hello folks. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, um, hopefully participating. Um, we have, uh, we have quite an interesting couple of questions for today. Um, quickly for those who haven't been here, I see a lot of familiar faces, so maybe I don't need to share this, but. Uh, we will talk about two specific topics or questions. Uh, we'll share our opinions on the things, as well as uh, reach out to all of y'all to get your take, opinion, or experiences, uh, anything you'd like to share. Um, so today, um, our first item, oh yeah, I guess last time we spoke, uh, we, we wanted to pick the juicy one first, so that's what we're going to do this week as well. Um, this week, we're talking about uh, a few months ago, Spain passed a law where women can take three to five days off from menstru menstrual leave. The question is, will this help or will this increase the already existing equity gap and deter companies from hiring women? Samantha, before we dive in, any clarifying questions? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, a lot. I feel like in the theme of these chats is that neither of us inform ourselves. A lot. Like we don't, you know, do a ton of research because we obviously want to just have very raw conversations as we're both trying to understand the topic more um, for everybody to enjoy. Um, so I, I will admit that I haven't gone and read the law. So I have a lot of questions around that. Um, but I, I mean, I guess to, to like my first, have you, I'm guessing you've read the law. Lee. Like the new law that was I mean, passed. I mean, not the law a, a in 
the law books or wherever they put, <laughs> wherever they put these laws. But but yes, I have read uh, articles on the details of of what this law entails. Yes. Okay. So I mean, my first question, like when you talked to me about this, you, my first question that came up was, how do they, how do they like? how do you prove that you know you're having is it just like everybody can go and say and it's kind of like on a trust process or is it the kind of thing where you have to you know prove whatever and then your answer to me was you have to submit a medical note right yeah so here i'll give you a brief brief sort of uh brief info uh the law gives the right to a three-day leave of absence with the possibility of extending it to five days this leave requires a doctor's note and the public social security system will foot the bill. Now we'll also add that uh, there are a few other countries that already do or allow menstrual leave. Um, and they include Indonesia, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, and Zam Zambia. Um, so back over to you, Samantha. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a, firstly, what I will come out and say is I'm not against it. I think it's, you know, as somebody who menstruates and as somebody who has had really, really crummy experiences and those types of things, like I think having the opportunity to just not have to worry about work um, is a real blessing. I think that's where, you know, remote work ended up being nice because it's like, well, I feel like I can still work, but I absolutely don't want to put clothing on and show up at an office, but I can sit in a onesie on my bed with a heat pad and then like, I'm fine, you know, like, and I think that's where giving women that option because there's you know a lot of women who are like no i can still be productive i just don't want to have to come into work whatever so remote work i think changed the face of that a little bit um obviously depending on the country too and, and kind of their openness to speak about that in the first place um my i guess my like in an ideal world my issue is should we have menstruation days for women or can it just be as simple as giving people personal days and saying, use these as you will? Like for me, it comes back to just like trusting your employees. And if you have people who are taking advantage of the system, like that's a whole other conversation. But for me, this idea of like, and that's, I think where your, your comment comes up around, is this going to just create, you know, opportunities to further discriminate all these kinds of things. Um, for me, it's just like, why, like I, I get the idea. I understand that, you know, the motivation behind it, but I'm like, why do we have to have menstruation days? Like, firstly, not every woman is comfortable talking about their menstruation. Secondly, there's, you know, then you bring up the question of um, transgender people, right? And so you have, like, if you have a transgender men, then it's entirely possible that there is still this experience of uh, menstruation that's happening. And so then you have companies who, how are they going to handle that, right? Like you have a bunch of people who are maybe still stuck in a certain headspace. And so if they see, you know, I, I, like this is where my mind just goes into all of these kind of opportunities is like, why don't you just give somebody more sick days and trust them to use it how they need to? Because not everybody's going to be comfortable coming out and saying, hey, I need to use my menstruation days. That's so interesting. Like when I first saw this article, I'm like, oh, like, cool. Like, great. This is, this is great. <laughs> and then I, and then like, I share this topic with you, you know, briefly when, when, you know, a couple of days ago when we figure out what we're talking about and I hear your tone and I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't great. <laughs> and then, no, and then, yeah. and, and then you share your perspective and I'm like, oh, this, this, yeah, <laughs> this makes sense. And so like, <laughs> yeah, like okay, so my roller I have like a roller coaster of opinions now um on the on the subject matter. But um that's so interesting. Why not just group this 
into more personal days instead of creating this additional this additional thing like not only like does this increase discrimination like now now employers and and I'll be the the devil's advocate here of like being a CEO now when I'm hiring women it's like oh I now like I should budget I I potentially should budget that they're not going to be available for one week of every month or three to five days, what have you. Like, I definitely see that being taken advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I think, and again, like the taking advantage of thing I think can happen for like anybody at the end of the day can do that if they need to. Um, but I, I think like, I, I see the concern, right? I think back in the day when it came to extending maternity leave or parental leave, um, these were things that were also concerns for companies too. Um, I think, look, as somebody, and again, this is where I bring up the whole thing about like, as somebody who, who has had those cramps and those kinds of things, like there's a lot of moments where I'm still able to work and I'm just like, you know, even just having a half day or just being able to, you know, have that flexibility to take a personal day if things get really bad. But I know some people who like cannot function, right? Like they can't even leave their bed. And so they're not going to work and they want to take time off. But that's where this whole idea of then a doctor's note becomes really, just becomes shitty to me. And so for me, it's kind of like, oh, that's so nice that Spain wants to say, hey, we're giving you these menstruation days, but you just have to prove to us that you're actually having pain from menstruation. Firstly, it is impossible. A doctor cannot actually, yeah, you can sit on a table and bleed and they'll be like, oh, okay, you have your period, great. Or pull out a tampon and put it in a Ziploc bag and show it to them. But at the end of the day, like they can't measure the pain that you're experiencing. So they're going to have to take your word for it. So for, and then on top of that, you have women who are in tons of pain because they can't work, who now are expected to what, go and get a doctor's note so that they can then come back home and not work. I'm like, hey, if I'm going to put myself through all of these ringers, I might as well have just shown up to work in the first place. This isn't worth it for me. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being very pessimistic about the whole thing. Like, I think it's, I think it opens up horizons. I think it's important to talk about. I think that women deserve to just be given the space to suffer in peace. Um, at the same time, I just, you know, sometimes it's like a beautiful idea with terrible execution. And I think, I don't know, that's kind of how I'm feeling about this. Um, but I don't know, maybe there are people in the audience again, like, I don't know if anybody, like you've mentioned, there are other companies, uh, countries who have successfully done this. There are a lot of startups and other companies who have successfully launched similar things, even though it's not legislated. Um, so I don't know. I'd be curious to hear if anybody's actually experienced this, um, and you know, how people feel about it. Cause I, you know, I have a very, I don't know, a very stark <laughs> dystopian perspective. Yeah, let's let's see if uh, if someone wants to discuss or, or hop up on stage and talk about this with us um, while we wait for someone or see if anyone's interested. Um, what what's like an average number of personal days that folks get at companies in today's world? Oh yeah, that's a good question because I feel like that kind of changes depending. Because like it, yeah, it does anybody just... anybody who's listening have personal days? <laughs> yeah. All right, Suzanne. Oh, Suzanne. We're bringing you up on stage. Uh, there we go. You there, Suzanne? Um, sorry, I was muted. No worries. Um, yes, I have two personal days. But um, 
yeah, that's it. Two personal I, days per year. But I have vacation time and sick time that are separate as well. Ah, but yeah, okay. personal days. Okay. So, so per personal day would kind of be for like a you have like a doctor's appointment or like uh somebody's coming well, to I fix am, your pipes or something like that. I'm allowed to use my sick time for doctor's appointments because I don't really get sick, so I just use it for those, which is nice. Mm. Um, oh perfect. Can I use my personal days as fun days, which is flag, which is nice. That's okay. so good. Yeah, that sounds so healthy. <laughs> and, and, Suzanne, how many sick days do you get? Um I get five sick days. Um 10 days of vacation time and we're able to buy a week and I'm within the first two years of employment where I am plus a birthday. Okay. Okay. okay so combining let's, let's group personal and sick. That's seven days, seven days a year, one week a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Suzanne, do you, okay. First off, do you, do you want to go into detail or share anything about the menstrual leave? What we talked about? Um, if not, no worries. Well, no, that's okay. Um, I mean, I've always been conditioned to just tough it out. And thankfully, as I get older, I don't feel the pain or discomfort that I used to. But when I was younger, it would have really been nice to be able to stay home and not have to get up <laughs> and talk okay. to people or pretend I wasn't in pain, you know? Okay. And so, so how do you feel about the separation or like the separation that we're talking about of, of menstrually versus like six slash personal um does it matter to you or would it just be uh appreciative if you just had more days off in general yeah more days off in general i don't i would i would think that everyone should get more days off in general um for times they're not feeling well because um you know it would just be better for everyone to be able to not go in on days yeah. or not feeling their best, even if they're not sick. Yeah, cool. Uh, I totally do not disagree with, with what you shared, Suzanne. Um, thank you for coming up and speaking. Um, Thanks, Suzanne. I think, uh, there we go. Um, anyone else want to share anything related to, I don't know, grouping sick days with personal days, with menstrual days? Um, does anybody here have menstrual days? I see we have people from all over the world. Ah, Casey. Cool. This will be our last piece, and then we'll hop over to our next topic. Casey, are you there? I think you're, you're muted. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Sorry. This is the first time I've ever done that, so I have to figure this out. Um, yeah. I, I am kind of um, like like Samantha. I feel a little bit pessimistic about this, and <laughs> I I feel like in a workplace that does not have a good culture, this could be really detrimental for women. Mm. I would worry about you know this perception from like male managers or male supervisors that. Um, you know, I would fear that there would be a little bit of like discrimination against women on their team that might want to take advantage of this and, and have some time off. Uh, so I, I'm with Samantha that I think, you know, it would be better to just have a, a more, you know, sick and personal days to use, but also maybe even more importantly, 
a culture that uh, encourages actually taking time off when when you're sick and not feeling well. Nice. Yes. Totally agree, Casey. Um, Thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming up on stage. Yeah, Uh, thanks, Casey. Congrats on your first uh, first LinkedIn. (laughs) We're so happy that we got to be your first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, any final thoughts on this, uh, Samantha? No, I mean, uh, yeah, I I think like I think there's clear consensus here about just adding more days, having respect for people. You know, like my concern is always in these situations, how are we giving people the, the right to privacy, right? Like, yes, women have a right to be able to take care of their bodies, but even more than that, they have the right to just be discreet if they want to be. Um, and I think it call, kind of calls it out in the open. And again, that's where I, I say, and I, yeah, that's why I, you know, the, a policy like this is really great for the back in the day kind of gender norms where you had that clear divide between uh, what is, you know, male versus female. Um, whereas now there is a lot more of a, you know, an open mind to understanding that it's not black and white. And so I think that we need to be, we just need to be more critical of these policies and say like, how are we making sure that we're protecting people's privacy? And so I think the easiest way to do that is to one, trust your employees. If you cannot, you know, if you don't have the kind of culture where you can just say, take the time that you need, you know, like the unlimited times off, time off of those kinds of things, then yeah, just add a couple more sick days. Don't ask for an explanation. Don't ask for a doctor's note. Like you're going to show up to a doctor's office and say like, Hey, I need a doctor's note because I have period cramps. They're going to be like, great. Like, I, you know, I just sit there and I'm like, this, yeah, not, is. this isn't anyway. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you take your doctor's note. So it's like at that point, what the hell's the point of even getting a doctor's note? Like that's just a waste of time. That just slows down the medical system because they could be better servicing other people instead of women who already know that they're suffering and don't need proof that they're suffering. Like is that's where I just see it like snowballing out of hand. Um, so yeah, just freaking, we don't need a policy, Spain or any other country. We really just need understanding and respect and a couple of more sick days, like just, you know, force companies to do that. And I think we'd be in a better state. Yeah. And I, and I also found it interesting that when you asked Suzanne what she used specific days for, like, it wasn't even accurate. It was like unclear. Mm, It was like, just, just group, just group personal days. If you're not feeling well, regardless of what you're not like, just, just take the day off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Sandeep, I'm going to bring you up for a sec, but we got to head on to the next, uh, the next topic, but thoughts you're muted fyi okay am i audible you're good yeah so actually you know i was thinking uh from the perspective of business that if a woman gets you know five uh, days leave on their days so how you know business will run because uh, if women will get five days then you know uh, women will also get the uh four days in a week of Sundays, as well as some companies provide, you know, Saturdays off as well. So uh, after calculating all those days, it will uh, count as 13 days uh, in a month. Then how, you know, the business will run if everybody is getting 13 days leave in a month and it will count as 156 days a year. So that's my point of view. Thanks for sharing, Sandeep. Um, Are you specifically referring to like part, like, like, sorry, where are you based and where, what kind of uh, organization? Uh, I'm based in India. 
and yeah. actually I'm a product designer, so that is why I have a thought in a, in a business perspective way. Mm -hmm. I feel like we we always tend to forget about other types of businesses and companies. We, I mean, we're in this like tech bubble where we seem to only think or talk about tech, and then we hear other perspectives. So, um, thanks, Cindy, for for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Um, we've got a we've got to move on to the next uh, topic here. This is what happens when we start with the juicy ones. Um, I know the, that's how we start with them. <laughs> the next one uh, is professional. It's a it's kind of a a tag along from an episode previously about professionalism in 2023. Um, this time we're talking about emojis, exclamation marks, and apologies. When's the right time to use them? Uh, and how did this come up? Uh, Samantha, I believe, yeah, you, this was one of your topics, uh, specifically around apologies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's something that I've been experiencing lately where, and, and I don't think it's just specific to women. I think women, you know, can probably, it's a sweeping generalization, but can relate to it across the, the board. Whereas, uh, you know, anyway, it's been my experience uh, as a woman that um, apologizing has been something I've been coming up a lot against where it's, you know, when do you apologize and take ownership of something like if you've generally made a mistake versus when do you try to, you know, you, you don't want to apologize because you don't want to give the impression uh, that you're weak or you don't want to give the impression that you actually did something wrong or you don't want to let people walk all over you because people are very quick to ask you for an apology, whatever, these kind of things. And so I've been really trying to figure out how to tread that line for myself as a professional and to say, because I've caught myself where there's moments where I want to apologize. And then I sit there and I'm like, no, 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 Sam, like you shouldn't, don't, you don't need to apologize, like blah, blah, blah. And then I have to sit down and have a conversation with myself and to say, ah, yeah, no, but in this case, I actually do want to be humble and vulnerable enough to own up to, you know, if I made a mistake or I missed something or whatever. Um, so that for me is kind of how do we walk that line as professionals is, you know, do we need to be apologizing as much as we do? There's this whole like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm late for the meeting. Well, you don't, you just need to be like, hey, thanks for waiting, right? There's different ways to rephrase it. Um, so that's that's kind of how it came up for me is, how do you walk that line? When is it appropriate or necessary to apologize? And when do you not actually need to? Because at the end of the day, it's a business and like, you know, I don't know, you, you can take ownership in different ways without actually having to, you know, get on your knees and beg. Yeah, this is interesting. This actually reminds me of like me thanking employees for doing like their job. <laughs> like, it's like, like, uh, should I be like, I don't know, like, obviously, I'm sure it's nice to thank them. But like, it also, it's also like why I'm paying them like to do their job. <laughs> so like, it, do you see similarities in that, <laughs> or am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, th I, I think it comes down to like again being direct. So like, whether it's the thank yous or the apologies. So if you are somebody who is humble in general, you do a good job. All these kinds of things. Maybe you don't actually need to apologize when you mess up or something because people assume that you you're aware that you messed up. And I think it's similar to if you're giving constant feedback to your employee, if you're giving them time off, if you're giving them salary increases if you're doing all these kinds of things i don't think you need to outright explicitly thank them for doing their job like you said um you know i think that you can just you can encourage them in other ways and so that's where i do see that you know i do for sure see a link between those two is just like 
how do you demonstrate that you're apologetic without actually having to explicitly say it because that comes with other connotations and yeah how do you how do you thank employees without actually saying thank you for doing the job that i hired you to do yeah i like what you said about uh like if you're late for a meeting instead of apologizing just changing the way you communicate and saying thanks for waiting um yeah i think that's that's interesting um what about when it comes to emojis or exclamation marks uh, between your team, between team members, um, or externally, I guess? Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this, I mean, I feel like I've had this conversation on so many different forums before, uh, and there's all different kinds of people in the world. There's, you know, I've definitely heard people who I really, really respect and know beyond the shadow of a doubt are very professional. Who are just like honestly if people don't like an emoji in my email they can suck it and i like you know i don't necessarily want to be doing work with them i think that's one perspective um for me i think it's it's about knowing your audience you know in some ways too i don't think it's necessary like you can it's the same as like for example i really like making inappropriate jokes and i'll make them with my family i'll make them with my boyfriend i'll make them with you know my friends and these kinds of things but in front of my boyfriend's grandmother i'm not necessarily going to make that same joke that doesn't mean that I'm changing who I am. It means that I'm just having a little bit of discretion in, you know, in when I'm, I'm doing certain things. Same with using like swear words, like whatever, these kinds of things. Um, I think emojis might be the same thing. Um, you know, there's certain like with one of the lawyers that works for one of my clients, she and I exchange all the time. And like, we'll talk about going for wine dates and I'll send her all these emojis and we'll exchange gifts like these or gifts or whatever the heck they're called. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then it's, it, it's totally fine right whereas there's other circumstances where if i'm doing client outreach on linkedin i even though i feel like sending like a giant celebration emoji or something like that if i feel like that other person doesn't necessarily you know vibe with that then maybe i won't put the emojis in that doesn't mean that i'm changing my communication i think it means that i'm just reading my audience so i don't think that emojis in and of themselves are unprofessional i just think that you know being having discretion is what makes professionals so strong and knowing when to use what I think emojis can be a huge tool for building a, a rapport with somebody or for building that kind of connection. Um, but I think it's the same thing that can kind of turn people away. Um, so, you know, I think it's just yeah. discretion. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm curious to, to go to the audience and ask, have you ever sat there, typed an email or a message with an emoji and then backtracked, took it out, <laughs> and then you maybe put it back in or create or put a new one in and you're about to press, press enter and then you backtracked and then you just took it out and just sent it. And you're like, Oh shit. I hope that doesn't come across as rude. <laughs> Cassie, by the way, I'm sure if you didn't put your hand up, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cassie. Cassie. Hi. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Yes, yeah. Perfect. Anyways, um, regarding emojis, uh, like in general, I guess, internally, I, I use them all the time, especially like in Slack messages. I mean, Slack kind of is based around like emojis and reactions. Mm -hmm. So internally, I use a lot. I think if I was like working for a company where people were like, you are not allowed to use emojis, I'd be like, you know what, like something's a little off here. But externally, I definitely think that it is like good to use discretion and like externally, like I might use a happy face, but I don't like fill my emails with emojis. And I do think 
there can be like too much. Like if somebody sent me an email with like 50 emojis, I'd also be like, yeah, something's a little wrong here. You know? So yeah. I, I like this perspective, Cassie, because it's so, so like I'm listening and I was just nodding along and I'm like, yes, this all makes a lot of sense because it is very much the, again, like you don't want a company that necessarily is forcing you to not use these kinds of things at the same time, too many of them, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, I think it's finding a balance and, um, you know, maybe don't feel like you're, you're like sending smiley faces, for example, because I feel like that's the other, the nuance, like this is where the Gen Z's just have us absolutely beat, but it's like the nuance of emojis, right? So like, maybe don't send an eggplant to somebody you're trying to, you know, get as a client, but if you send like a smiley face or, you know, a, a celebration, like little party hat face, like maybe that's not so bad. I don't know. I want to hear from Deandro too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to bring her up, but Smith, well, I mean, what if it's a, what if you're speaking to like HelloFresh and you, you add a bunch of vegetables? Um, I mean, I think, it, I think if an eggplant is surrounded by like a cauliflower and a lettuce head, then you're good. Um, I, from what I've learned from the younger generations, as long as it's not an eggplant and a peach, you're pretty good. So, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah. Not, okay. <laughs> Depends yes. on the kind of clients you want. <laughs> Deandra, hey, welcome. Hi. Um, <laughs> I would say not big on emojis, but like exclamation marks are my emojis. And I am mm. constantly trying to decide if I'm being too <laughs> aggressive with exclamation marks. Like I, Lee, when you were talking about you read it and you delete it and you add it, I have done that countless times where I'm like, I put an exclamation mark after every single sentence I need to stop. I also think that in tech, like kind of similar to your point on the earlier topic, we are just more casual. And I think mm. that we're more accepting of emojis and exclamation marks. And I probably don't have to think about it nearly as much as I do. But like when I'm emailing or sending a message externally like that's something that i really do check myself on do you, do you think it's related do you think it's generational do you think that has a a part in it probably a bit um again we work in tech and i think a certain generation gravitates towards that as well but i think there's just an acceptance in that being casual in the way you speak, the way you dress doesn't necessarily mean you're not performing or you're not good at your job. And I think that's something maybe a younger millennial and down generation has yeah. accepted okay. and are okay with that maybe isn't there in older generations, obviously large sweeping statement. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's just maybe more of an acceptance. Sorry, Deandra, I have a follow-up question. I hope you don't mind. Um, I know you've been on the job hunt recently, and I'm curious, like, how has this played an impact in your job in, in that? Like, how has emojis, or I guess not emojis, because you don't do emojis. How, how have you been with exclamation marks? I think I am still going for it. Um, again, also just... I think it's how I talk. I think I'm a little enthusiastic and I agree with Sam that like you cater to your audience um, a little bit because I think that just shows respect, but it's that balance between this is what you're going to get if 
you hire me. Um, so I really also mm. try not to, I guess, tone that down too much. Cool. Yeah. Like sort of like take me as I am. This is, yeah. this is me. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Um, thanks, Deandra. Sorry, Smith, yeah. did you have a follow-up question? I, no, 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 I don't. I just a follow up to what she was saying is if if it helps Deandra, what I started doing is a rule of thirds. So I, I've allowed myself, it kind of started happening very naturally, but I've realized that I've started to allow myself, depending on how many sentences or no, how many like lines are in a sentence or sorry, how many sentences are in a paragraph, I'll allow myself like two out of the three sentences can have an exclamation mark. One of them has <laughs> to have a period. And it's usually the period is sandwiched between the exclamation mark. So it's just like something really expressive and then a really boring sentence and then something else really expressive. And I feel like it adds dyna dynamics and like depth to my messaging. So, you know, that's if, you know, if that's something that's helpful <laughs> is, uh, is to just, you know, create a rule of thirds or whatever your, your own rule is. Because I feel like having our North Star to say like, Sorry, I think I lost you guys for a second. Having a, a North Star to say like, oh, okay, this is my rule. This is how I can express myself. Um, but this is also how I know that I'm not going overboard can sometimes be helpful because otherwise it is a sea of society telling us 600 different things and we don't know what is up or down. And so I find that sometimes creating rules for myself on like how many I'm allowed like you know you have like a quota in an email and then i'm like okay now i get to actually instead of saying how i how do i delete all of these exclamation marks it's where do i want to affect it like how can i use an exclamation mark really really impactfully in my emails um and i think by repurposing it that way it's suddenly less of a you know a negative thing and it's more of a i'm i'm empowering my message because i'm i'm making it more dynamic so that's how i've chosen to brainwash myself <laughs> i love that and i literally did that yesterday I sandwiched the, I sandwiched <laughs> the period with uh, with two exclamation marks. I think it's so good. I, <laughs> just like you know. And I put thought it like I was arguing with myself. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> thank you for sharing, Santa. Um, that's already over, folks. Thank you for joining. Thanks for for sharing. Thanks for coming up on stage. Thanks for the conversation. Um, if you want to hear anything specific, reach out to Samantha or I, and we will talk about it. Um, hopefully see you at the next one in two weeks. Yeah, thank you all for coming. Bye. Bye.